So the basic building block of the Christian faith is the connection or the way in which we've described it before is a step, that there's always a next step to take. And the reason I like this word connection that inside of our mission statement, connecting with God and each other in the world, is this idea that the connection is that basic just building block step. When the light bulb goes off in your mind and said that I've finally been able to make the connection. When you finally get that in for the interview at a place that you might potentially want to work, it's always good to have a connection. When something happens and you can connect the dots, there's nothing fancy about a connection. There's nothing earth-shattering, but life does not exist without those things that link where we are to where we're going. And so while it's a truth of, of Scripture that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and his, He's promised and that His Word would remain true and that He would build His church so that even the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against it, there is something to the fact that we have to give attention to the little C church that we're a part of. The big C church is fine and it's going to be preserved to the end of time and it's the body, body of Christ together, but even inside the New Testament you have warnings written to young Timothy or to the church at Corinth or the church in Galatia or even inside of the book of Revelation when the letters are written to the seven churches, all that are good churches that, you know, John goes on and he says, I have all these things that you're doing well, but yet I want to give you one warning. Maybe you're, you're given in to false teachers or you've forsaken your first love or you've just grown lukewarm inside of your faith. But there's a warning to little c churches because I think the reality is while the church is okay and it's going to endure for all time, we have to give some attention to our little corner of that world. And not that we want to pass any sort of judgment, but you could drive 15 minutes in either direction from here and remember churches that used to be that aren't any longer or thriving ministries where now there's five or six people in a location. And not that size is everything, but we know that sometimes churches, like any other organization, go, go through life cycles. And we've shared this bell curve image with you before inside of vision gatherings or in other spots that when, when you move through, you know, when everything's going good and going up and, and there's growth, and then every organization reaches that kind of point where it's smooth sailing and, and there's sustained health and there's just good things going on, and then eventually we move so easily into maintenance or preservation, or maybe even into life support. We don't want that to be the case for our church, not just because we want this building to still be here in 50 years or 100 years, but because what God has done here and what God is doing here, we want to continue to posture ourselves not to wait until things get all the way down here, but even when things are good to think, what does it look like to continue to reimagine the ministry that's taking place here inside the context of where we live right now. And so it doesn't matter where you think St. John's is on that life cycle because it may not be that bad or you might think it's, you know, whatever. The point is we have the opportunity right now to begin to reposition ourselves for what it looks like to do ministry inside of this context. You see, if we're not careful like all churches, we can quickly and easily become defined by the programs that we offer more than the people we're becoming in Christ. Because when you think of church, you think of programs. And so this, this list of things up here in, in an order, this is not a, an attack on any one of These are all wonderful programs led by great people doing awesome things. 
But there's kind of a randomness to what we do, and it's almost as if we have this buffet approach that if we just offer enough things, the myth is if you just offer enough ministry opportunities that you're going to reach more people. If we could just offer one more thing, if we could just do the, the latest idea over here or maybe offer something that might appeal to this group of people, if we just offer more on the buffet line, if we become like Golden Corral where there's 18 uh, meats out there and there's 10 carbs and there's two vegetables and an ice cream bar, we're going to be good. And yet the reality is there's something inside of that that that's not the way that most people connect with the local church or, more importantly, with a God who loves them and gave his life for them. And so we ask questions all the time, what should go in our bulletin? What should fill our calendar? What should consume our budget dollars? And the reality is we're not trying to change or eliminate or cut any of this. But the reality is how do we approach ministry together as God's people here at St. John's? To simplify, not necessarily to eliminate things, but to clarify the pathway of how we're moving people, how we help people connect with God, how we help people connect with us and to connect relationally. How do we help people connect with a purpose that God has for their lives, to begin to use their strengths and their talents and their spiritual gifts for the glory of God? How do we intentionally grow people? How do we intentionally create opportunities that hopefully give the, the context where people can expand their faith, where they can serve, where they can connect, where they can grow. Part of the reason behind this year of being more intentional about this idea of, of how people connect and that we're moving forward towards maturity in Christ through these connections is the idea that we must clarify the pathway of how we do this. Because the reality is for you, this, this list up here, you know what all those acronyms meant. You know what all the names are. You probably know somebody that was on their, that team. You probably know in general what they do, but if you are within two years of attending St. John's, you don't know what some of those things meant. So how do we clarify how people take steps, first steps and next steps and steps inside of their spiritual growth and steps to become part of a ministry and to make an impact? That we begin to think more in terms of steps than we do in terms of just programs. And so I want to share with you a pathway that we've come up with. There's nothing new or unique about this, but I can tell you that we did not just steal it from another church's website. There are hours of conversation that went into this. You're going to be seeing this a whole lot more, but it really just paves the way for how we're beginning to rethink and reshape ministries here at St. John's. And so uh, it, it, it's kind of circular in that there's motion. The key thing is that the arrows, as people begin to move through, uh, that, that we have to be intentional way up at the top about a begin step. That for people who come here and maybe you, you visit with us for the first or the second time and you don't fill out the communication card because you kind of like the idea of being anonymous for a little bit, and that's okay. But how do you take that next step from attending once or twice to really finding out more of what we're about without feeling like you've already got the hook in your mouth and you're halfway into the, the basin of water and never to see the ocean again? Uh, how do we, we do that? One of the things we're going to create, I'll tell you a little bit later, is an event called Pizza with the Pastor that just helps us tell you about St. John's 101, basically what we're about. So how do we help people begin? How do we help people have a sense of belonging? And yes, it's possible that you can belong to us before you believe everything that we want you to believe. Why? Because Jesus invited 12 guys to follow him when they still didn't even really know who he was 
or what he wanted from their lives. It's possible that people can belong to us before they believe, before they've become, before they've signed on the bottom line of of the Jesus contract. The reason is because, again, as culture continues to move uh, further and further away from the Gospels, people grow up without much biblical understanding. They're going to be attracted to who we are more than what we do, most likely. Does that mean we're soft on evangelism? No, it means that we want to create a context where people can find a safe place to land and people who are going to come alongside of them in the pathway of life. And so begin, belong, uh, to begin to become what it means to become not necessarily just a member here, but to have a relationship with Christ, to begin to build habits inside of their lives that help them know God better, to work this thing out of, of, of who they are becoming as a person, how God is wiring and shaping them. And then finally to build, that we build our lives squarely and firmly on the Lordship of Jesus Christ, but then also then we have the awesome responsibility and privilege of building his kingdom inside of our own backyards and across the globe. This picture helps us plan, promote, evaluate ministry, see where it is that we're heading, what occupies our calendar, where we're placing our emphasis, And do we assume people know what's going on, or do we help people along the journey? Even as you look at this, you probably look and say, where am I on that? And the reality is, if you've been here for a while, you've maybe been around the wheel already, but you still probably have an Achilles heel of your faith. You're in ministry, you have your spiritual habits, but you've lost meaningful connections with people. You know people, you're becoming a disciple in Christ, but you don't serve anywhere. The reality is we want to be engaged in all three, to connect with God in a meaningful way, to connect with other people in in life exchange and life-giving ways, and to serve with our faith. And that's kind of what the, the pathway just illustrates for us. You'll begin to see this more. This is going to be language that begins to show up in our bulletin and in our planning and how we talk about things, you know, how we organize our ministry. Uh, together, but I wanted to share that with you, you know, here before we move on. All right, I have some rapid-fire updates for you just in the last 10 minutes that we have, and so these are going to be choppy. I don't have wonderful transitions, but there's some information we got to get out. Uh, First of all, you know that uh, Steve is is leaving and is heading towards military chaplaincy. The SPR has met, and I want to introduce to you some, uh, not necessarily new people, but the new staff at uh, St. John's. And so instead of just hiring a brand new associate pastor from the outside, uh, this is what we're doing. We're kind of restructuring to hit some of these places that we feel like we need more time and attention. So the first update is that uh, beginning October 1st, I'm excited to announce uh, Bill Yerkes is the assistant pastor of St. John's United Methodist Church. Now, you know that Bill is too good of a singer and piano player. He's not getting out of music that easily, uh, but he's going to continue to uh, to engage somewhat there and then to also serve. Uh, also, in case any rumors start, he did not get fired from his job as a music teacher in West Effort, so he still does that as his full-time job. So Bill will primarily be with us in the evenings and on the weekends, uh, but we're excited to have him as um, our assistant pastor. Uh, Angie Boone is doing a phenomenal job in children's ministry, and we have increased her hours to 30 hours to place more of an emphasis upon what it means to come alongside the youngest members of our congregation, inside of our community, inside the issues that young families face, because we think that that's important. 
Uh, Tina has been working inside of our office, but we feel that a couple of things that she's currently been involved with a little bit, we want to give more room, more hours inside of her schedule because it's important how we connect people in small groups and how we connect with the outside world through things like social media and some of the marketing and promotion that we do within. And so Tina is going to move to 30 hours as well. And then uh, Eddie was here for the summer, and, and uh, we didn't scare him away, and uh, he still feels like God is calling him to ministry. And so as the next step to that, uh, we're bringing Eddie on in the area of pastoral ministry, and particularly in, in some of the day-to-day, daytime responsibilities that Bill is unable to help. Uh, Eddie will be a face that you'll see inside the church office and, you know, see involved inside of worship. And so I'm excited about this. We grow in areas, I think, that are strategic to where we need to be inside of the culture we live in in small groups, in communications, and for these two, two men in the calling that they have towards ministry to nurture and come alongside of them uh, inside of their calling to ministry. One other uh, staffing update for you, um, although it's not in, we don't, St. John's doesn't pay for this, but we partner with a grant and with an organization, the Family Strengthening Network. Uh, you may remember that, that Jackie was an advocate with FSN before, and uh, now that Jackie's no longer doing that, she got a full-time job. I'm excited to announce that Chris Ranson is our new FSN advocate, uh, working with families, coming alongside of, of families in uh, difficult situations, either within, without, and so you'll see her leading in a variety of different ways. I, I asked her for a picture. She chickened out and a, sent a family picture because uh, I don't think she wanted her face that big on the screen just for you to look at her, so, so you get to see, you know, the rest of the children and the family as well. So, uh, Chris, glad to have you on board to do that as well. All right, let's keep moving. Um, inside of those connection pieces, as we move through the pathway, it becomes important we help people move from stage to stage. So I mentioned pizza with the pastor. How does someone move from beginning to belonging? We're working on some aspect of a first-time group experience that you don't have to go from not being in a group to being in this big group with people that I don't know, and if I don't like it, how do I get out of it? We're, gonna, we're working on like a four- to six-week first-time group experience that is almost a small group with training wheels on it, you know, again, to kind of make that, that transition smoother. Membership class is nothing new, but that helps people as they move from belonging to becoming, what that means. And then uh, the final step that kind of moves people from uh, becoming to building is how do we begin to think Christianly? We'll have a much cooler title for that, but I want you to understand what we were thinking more than the fancy name. Uh, how do we help people develop a Christian worldview so that their faith begins to inform and impact every area of their lives? It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a belief thing, but really impacts how they live. All right, I want to talk to you just to, for a minute about service. When we serve, it is our next step in the journey, but it's also how we enable somebody else's first step. And I think that's important because what we do in the church, we can get tired, we can get exhausted, but it's important that we continue to be people who serve, not just for our own spiritual benefit, but for the benefit of somebody else who's not yet here. And so there are a variety of ways that you can serve. I just want to lift up three, really four of them. The first is chair ministry inside of this room. If you are still able-bodied, when you take one Sunday a month or one Sunday every three weeks, and the more we have, the less you have to do it. When you break down this room or set up this room, it enables things like basketball midweek to take place children's ministry, youth ministry, funeral luncheons, a variety of different things. It's a great place to jump in and serve that doesn't take a whole lot of time but enables ministry to take place. 
I mentioned before that children and youth ministry is at the hallmark of what we do as we invest in the next generation. We can always use new, committed, wonderful people who want to jump in and serve in children's and youth. Most of the time, you don't even have to teach when you jump in. There are countless number of ways that you can just come alongside, that you can help, you can assist. Uh, but we want to continue to invest our time and our resources in uh, children and youth. And then finally, in terms of hospitality, we want to double the number of greeters that we have in the next six months. The reason we're doing that is for any of you that have ever come to first service, you walk in the West Wing door, Dave and Mary Duffield are there, and they give everybody a hug, and they greet them warmly. We are going down to three entrances for safety and security. I would love to have a Dave and Mary at every one of those entrances at both services. In addition to that, we want to have people in hallways, not just for safety and security purposes, but to also point the way, where things are, where we're located, what we're doing. This is also a great place. You don't have to have any degree. You don't have to have, to have any, pass any spiritual literacy test. You don't have to memorize the book of Job. You don't have to do any of this. This is a great place to step in and serve if you don't know where to serve. All you have to do is have a little bit of a smile, show up on time, and just help point people in the right direction. It's an easy place to serve, but it's a phenomenal ministry that we need, and so our goal is to double the number of greeters we have over the course of the next six months. There's always a next step. So if you've been there, you've done that, you've done the small group thing, the Sunday school thing, let me just bring up just a couple of things for you as a possible next step. The first is we're offering Disciple Bible Study again, I think for the first time probably in six or eight years. Disciple Bible Study is a 34-week intensive. So again, if you've done the small group thing and you're looking for something more, uh, Disciple takes you through about 70% of the scripture in 34 weeks. You meet together for a, a two to two and a half hour class each week. It's phenomenal community, phenomenal study. It is a little bit bigger of a commitment though. But again, where is God calling you? Where are you inside of that pathway? Uh, Scott and Don Harrison, who are here today, they're leading that class. Would love to talk to you more about that. Again, inside of your busyness, it doesn't have to be, I need it one hour a week for the rest of my life. But in building through the rhythm of your life, set time aside for when we do things like men's retreat, which is scheduled for January 18 to 20. Hopefully putting the women's retreat on the calendar sometime soon. Uh, those kind of things that can really propel your faith in a short amount of time uh, are great catalysts inside of spiritual growth. And I just want to put it out there that I think we do need to restart some type of recreational ministry uh, for those younger and with better knees than me, uh, but maybe on a Monday or Thursday night to have some guys or some girls or some mixed group, whatever it is, playing basketball or volleyball and just continuing to reach outside of our community. And so if if God's laying on your heart to maybe lead that type of ministry, uh, talk to me about it. One final thing is technology. We rail on technology sometimes, but technology can also be extremely good um, for the kingdom of God. We're coming out with a church app in the next couple of months that's going to simplify online giving. It's going to put things like podcasts uh, right at the tip of your fingertips, events, registration, just all sorts of different things really close to you. In addition, beginning today, we had online check-in for children's ministry. That doesn't just make it easier for you to check your kids in. It also helps us better navigate things like allergies and safety concerns and who's who and who do we have and making sure that we have the right information. And so we're doing some of those things just to move a little bit further down the line inside of our ministry together. All right.
ton of information for you. Let me just boil it down to a couple of key things before we get out of here. The goal is to increase these connections together. How people move through the pathway. How people form deeper connections with each other, with the God who loves them, and with God's purpose for their lives. More connections, new connections, deeper connections. Connections that are rooted in the gospel, that in Acts 2.42 church where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship, and to prayer. The result, that when we become healthier, it becomes attractive to a world that's looking for something, even if they don't, they're not convinced it's here. But there's something that happens that healthy things grow. Unity becomes attractive to a disunified world. The goal today, think through where God has you inside of the pathway. Maybe what's the one step you need to take? What's the one or two things you need to do? And as we come back to that communication card, if you still have it, uh, I would suggest do not check any more than three boxes on there. Because the goal was not to do everything, but the goal was to say, given where I am now in the position of where my church is, what is God calling me to do? To connect with Jesus in deeper ways? To grow my relationship with other people? And to serve with my life? What is God calling me to do? What would happen if we did this? What would happen if more than half of our fellowship became intentional about connecting with God, others in the world, and moved towards maturity in Christ? What would happen within our fellowship? What would happen inside of our community if that were to take place? What would it look like if we did it? If we engaged our faith, if we built into the next generation, if we recognize that it's all of our responsibilities, let's go do it. The future of our church depends on it. Our community desperately needs it. You know that your family is better off when you do it. Your spiritual life is more stronger and more dynamic when you engage it. Healthy things grow. Let's get healthier together. Again, as we close, this communication card, maybe there's a couple of things. Maybe I saw a couple of people after first service that said, where I like to serve is not list listed here. And I said, that's because we have to limit things on purpose. We only had time to talk about a few things. I know there's other ways to serve, but these are three things we're trying to coerce you to serve in. So we make no apologies. Where is God calling you to engage, to serve, to connect? Take time and fill that out. When you drop that off on your way out this morning, we have a little gift for you. It's a card that reminds you of a couple of the things we've talked about today. And it's also a little carabiner clip for you to use that just reminds you, hopefully, of the importance of making connections. And so you can pick this up on your way out. You can drop off your card. And then we also have some donuts out there for you, too, that have nothing to do with this but are just fun to have. <laughs> Let's pray together. God, as we look towards the future here together, we're reminded that you're the one who builds your church. We're reminded that our plans pale in comparison to what you want to do. But we're also reminded that there was a point in time that there were people who built into our lives. 
that there were people who loved us when we felt unlovable, that there were people who served inside of our lives when we felt like we were cut off. There were people who taught us when we didn't know much about you. And so just as we can look over our shoulder and be grateful for the people you've placed inside of our lives, Lord, we don't want to miss the opportunity to be your people in the here and now. In the lives of our children and our families, in the lives of our community, in the life of our church. God, would you help us to engage in the areas that you're leading us? We pray that you would give us courage, that you would give us clarity, that you would give us commitment today just to connect with you and with others, with your purpose for our lives. Lord, we trust the results to you. Lord, would you continue to lead us and move us to be your church here at St. John's. We ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.